The Puritan's Guide to Fall Songs Guide. Modern Odyssey, Walter Lane, 0171-5599. Tonight's song is... WB. Sorry. Anyway, bottles of wine every night. I guess I don't know. Maybe if you're lucky. Anyway. Uh, all right. All right. WB is more than a network in America. Dub dub dub. Sorry. Gonna get sued for that. I can't ever say I've ever seen anything that was on WB except for the frog. Because once that frog showed up, I'd yeah. be like, oh, the cartoon, you ruined it, and then yep. turn it. Yeah. Anyway, WB from The Unutterable, uh, which we've discussed is something from, uh, what did we decide? Mackin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like some sort of, yeah. Anyway, um, released uh, November 6th, uh, 2000. And basically, I wanted to bring this one up because WB stands for William Blake. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, uh, early versions of the song were just uh, called Blake. <laughs> so, a little on the nose there, Mark. It's, it's apparently, you know, about William Blake again. So we've already gone through William Blake a bit. Oh, yeah. one thing I was thinking about was, and I don't think I said this, but I know like people used to think William Blake was crazy. Yeah. And now they don't think he was crazy. They just think he was religious. And if I did make intimations that he was crazy just because he saw angels in a tree, which we'll get into in a second, uh, I didn't mean that necessarily because I haven't been an, a lit scholar for <laughs> 15, 20 years now. So I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But, but right. yeah, no, I did. I did just want to po- point that out that I didn't mean to do that. I haven't, I can't even remember. It's been so long since we recorded those. Yeah. But uh, anyway, William Blake. Um, yeah. So what, one of the things that gets mentioned with this uh, song is the first um, sort of vision that William Blake had that is, is brought up in the annotated fall. It's right. in Chepstow, uh, I believe, in London, um, which was the scene of, yeah, William Blake's first uh, sort of vision of a bunch of angels in a tree. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe he saw it when he was a kid, if I remember correctly. Eight years old. Yeah. So... Um, so yeah, so I think that that's the and that's really early in the song. It's like, <laughs> you know, first verse. <clears throat> um and even Mark in like the first well, mostly the first line. Um, you know, you've heard about Mad Blake. Although there was some argument on the Annotated Fall about whether it was you've heard about or you've heard Bad Bad Blake, like kind of bad bad Leroy Brown or something. <laughs> I, I don't know that I possibly not related at all. Just uh, I, I don't I don't see Marky Smith being a big Jim Croce fan. You never, but you never, you never know. know, right? Yeah, you never really like, do know. He he did he he liked a lot of weird folky shit from yeah. America. All those trucker songs. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. Um, so but uh, so it's either you know 
You've heard about Mad Blake. You've heard about Bad Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, you know, people used to think he was mad. He was kind of a bad ass, apparently. Yeah. From stuff I've read. And I think that I brought up in our William Blake episode in which he beat the shit out of someone and was put in prison for a while. Yeah. Or, or something like that. So, um, so yeah, Chepstow. Um, and then, then even in that first verse, I get really confused. And this being a later song from 2000, mm-hmm. um, my my brain is so actually the he was broke, but it was oak is from the lady is a tramp, <laughs> which the first thing when I when well first I went and listened and yeah it's in like the one of the choruses like she was broke but that is oak or something like that so if you listen like because I was just listening to the Sinatra and there's lots of weirdly racist shit in that song yeah, too that I yeah, never yeah. I, I'm i not a big Sinatra listener so I was just like <laughs> like the one Sinatra album I used to own was this three record set that was called The Past, The Present, and The Future yes. and, I only, and I ended up getting rid of it because I listened to it like twice but I only listened to the future one because it was fucking nuts yeah uh and i see it every once in a while and i'm still not gonna buy it again i if i find that cheaply i would but you know yeah, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest sinatra if i find fan, it for a dollar but exactly. it's usually like yeah. 10 or 15 i'm like fuck off yeah know? yeah so anyway anyway so lady is a tramp that's from the lady is a tramp so one wow weird and two which is actually by rogers and hart yeah did they do they did oklahoma right i think they did that was Roger and Hammerstein. Oh, is that Roger and Hammerstein? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, why the fuck did Lady and the, the Lady is a Tramp get quoted within this song about William Blake? That's yeah. my. That's what I can't figure out. And like, what is that? I yeah, I can't figure out the way Mark's brain works sometimes <laughs> with stuff like that because he, I, which I'm impressed. Well, he even laughs after he says it. Yeah. So like, is it just a dumb joke? Yeah, I, you know it's it's no rhyming mint there, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I you know it was he just sort of riffing there and just being like, oh, like you know, I'm gonna say this line about him being broke, and then he just like it clicked on his head this thing, this line right. from a lady and this the tramp, and it's like I'll throw this in here, why not? Right. You know? But I mean, that's that's sort of his aesthetic is just pulling from so many different uh, <clears throat> places from within culture to construct these songs. Um, and also, well, and then, well, that's true. I, I was just, uh, yeah. my main thought about it was, you know, I have no idea if Mark liked Rogers and Hart or Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Although I get this funny feeling he probably likes Sinatra, maybe. It seems like, because he was very, he was into 50s stuff. I would bet his parents yeah. probably were into Sinatra. I think that's and probably so. where he at least has this song and had this song sort of embedded in his, right. in his mind as a memory, just from probably seeing Babes in Toyland, which is, I believe, the movie that it was from. Mm. Um, right? Do I have that right? Yeah, Babes in Toyland. Babes in Arms. Babes, Babes in, in Arms. arms That's yeah. what it was. Like, you know. I know. I was like, I don't think. Babes I think in Toyland. Babes in Toyland yeah. Has it's, the it's a Christmas movie. Trump. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Babes in Arms. So, he must know that, I would think, from either seeing the movie adaptation of that or just the whole music hall culture. Of right. England, of people just you know sitting around pianos and playing these songs, these popular uh, hits of the day. And there's all, and then taking it a little farther, just like uh, the sort of, um, well, like with Gershwin or Rogers and Hart, Rogers uh-huh. Hammerstein, all those people writing. Well, like I like I said, I've been watching lots of like uh, 
Fred Astaire and Ginger yeah, Rogers yeah. movies with my wife uh, lately. So, um, and you know, the lyrics always rhyme, but their vocabulary is pretty like wide and vast. Absolutely. So it's not just yeah. like moon, June, spoon shit going on. Yeah. So Especially is that what he's, yeah, yeah. Is that what, is that what Mark's getting at? That like he's equating Blake's sort of simple language and symbols to the, you know, the lady is a tramp. Yeah. Or am I just overthinking this? No, shit? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think that, I think that was probably part of it because yeah, like you're saying, like, um, I think people forget like how uh, smart and intelligent a lot of those the lyrics were for a lot of stuff. By like you know you listen to Cole Porter songs, right, right, yeah, so lyrically dense a lot of that stuff. <clears throat> even though the sentiments are all pretty much the same about they're just you know love songs yeah. primarily, but you know you had to you had to differentiate them from the pack somehow, and I think that was part of the way to do it. Right. You know? Even within the same framework. I mean, because they all are love songs, but that's because that's what everybody wanted. Yeah. Or whatever. That's what the plays were about. Mm-hmm. And somebody the other day was talking about how they had a very short-lived uh, surf rock, like surf music, like, like they liked surf rock, for a very short amount of time because okay. they felt like the same beat was used in every song. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. One and two. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, sorry. I, that just reminded me of that, but it's definitely, so I think that I think one, I'm going to just start pretending that Mark doesn't make a mistake in anything. There like you he go. might be a smart ass about it, but he's doing it for some reason. Okay. Who knows if that's true or not? It's possible. I don't know. I just equate like a song like this or that part of the song, almost just like listening to it because I think part of it is maybe going to, we can go to the assumption that he had this written down or like knew he was going to do this. Or we could think of it as like, you know, associating him with like the way, you know, rappers freestyle. Right. It's like pulling this stuff from all these thoughts and you know memories and and you know pop culture that's embedded in their head and constructing them into lyrics and that that could be part of this mm-hmm. where he's like i've got this idea about blake and then you know when he just hit in this line he was broke and then he's like oh yeah like i said earlier just like hey i'm sure. gonna throw this in here for, sure, sure for giggles and i also think i also think that uh and i've read this about mark where like you know like there's that song carrie bag man like he was yeah so he's always carrying a bag that was usually filled with beer, but also uh, speed. And also, <laughs> like he would carry around slips of paper that had a bunch of lines that he'd written on it. Yeah, and he I'm, and he would basically pull these out and use them for songs, mm-hmm. at least probably early as well as later. But you know, so I think that that is also part of it too. Sure. So I mean, whenever you're talking about. Uh, rappers coming in with lines, you know, and you're thinking about different stuff. Yeah, like he he's is sometimes seems like putting thoughts together in a poetic sort of way, and yeah. sometimes he's just r- r- rambling rants on separate sheets of paper. <laughs> <laughs> but how, but I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. No, no, I don't no, no, think no. it's uh, you know there's it, precedent for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I d- do you know if like 
when he's writing this stuff down, is he just also like writing down like lines from songs or lines from things that he's been reading that he's especially taken by? Well, I think that that happens too. Sure. Well, especially in this song, there are actual lines from a, a Blake poem called A Song of Liberty. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there are like, you know, one-on-one comparisons. Uh, so there, there are actual lines from... Uh, this poem mm-hmm. um, that Blake wrote. So, and there's other things where, well, shit, even taking that line from The Lady's a Tramp is a one-on-one yeah. sort of thing where he changes the what the gender of yeah. the person rather yeah. than, you know. Um, but but I, so I would guess that it's not just things that he's reading and is pulling out of his brain, but mm-hmm. at the same time, probably was. You yeah. never know. I mean, they okay. did a lot of goddamn songs. So <laughs> I can't imagine he worked the same way every time. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, oh, I like this 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 uh, comment that someone left in the annotated fall where they always thought that WB could stand for both William Blake and William Burroughs. Right, which is, which is pretty interesting, and I'm sure Burroughs comes out a, up a lot with. Good old Mark. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've told you about the funny Burroughs thing that no. I have. No, no, I think I showed you. Yes, so, you did. No, wait, no, but you did. Yeah, I, I, yeah, all right, yeah. I relate it quickly because I don't really know Burroughs. I just lived in Lawrence, Kansas. He, that's where he they took him to dry out yeah. many years ago, and yeah. he was still there. Um, I met him once when I was like probably 18 or 19 mm-hmm. I was at some place I was just like I love your books or you know right. what an, being an <laughs> asshole I mean there were people who got invited to his house and stuff and I was never that cool but uh, <laughs> but so my friend Matt one uh, got him my copy of Naked Lunch and he signed it to me inscribed it to me because nice. he knew a woman um, whose grandfather would go out and shoot guns with Burroughs Ah, so okay. so I have I have, yeah, inscribed copy of Naked Lunch, and then two. One time, Matt, my friend Matt, went to a uh, art opening for Bill, <laughs> as everyone in Lawrence called him. Um, you know, because he was like taking canvases, throwing possibly actual shit on it, and then taking a shotgun and shooting them, and then selling them for thousands of dollars. Yeah, because why not? Um, and my friend Matt. Uh, was trying to get a hold of me so I could come down and, you know, also get his, uh, whatever, you know, meet him again or, or it might've been before I had met him. Um, but so my friend Matt has this little piece of paper that says too bad about Hiram William Burroughs. Right. <laughs> so, so that's my claim to fame. I guess I can die happy now. <laughs> but so I think that, but the whole Burroughs cut up method. Yeah. Uh, to get back to it. Uh, is definitely the thing that we've been talking about this whole time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is a pretty pretty interesting uh, way of looking at it. I don't I don't necessarily think that uh, this song has anything to do with Burroughs. No, it's not as direct as the the William Blake. Stuff, <laughs> right, clearly. the William Blake yeah. stuff is pretty obvious. <laughs> there's not even a lot of well, there's some cut up, but not even enough to be Burroughsian. Yeah, yeah. He's so just, he's just. Riffing on a Blake poem here. Yeah, likes, yeah. Um, so I, w- I will say uh, there's there's not a ton to this thing to this song. It is basically just Blake lines, but there were yeah. a couple of things that I was thinking about um, just as far as symbols go that get mentioned throughout. Like the chorus of the thing is um, 
Rome didn't matter or come off, but heaven and hell did. So I think that Rome is basically like logic old ways mm-hmm. as it usually is with with Blake and also with with Mac and, and you know, uh, some other like sort of horror writers that yeah. Mark, Mark loves that we're going to talk about. Um, so Rome didn't matter or come off. Uh, so you, you've still got these sort of old ways of when Britain was being overtaken by Rome. Uh, the whole heaven and hell thing is uh, a callback to Blake, uh, a Blake book or poem. I can't remember exactly which one. The Marriage of Heaven and Hell, I believe, is what it is. Yeah, that um, sounds right. Yeah. So, and then, um, and then the the next few lines are from the Blake poem, um, a song of liberty. And look up the fire. The fire is falling. Look up, look up. So, what this means is, um, and it gets mentioned at some point, like, "O oh, citizens of London, enlarge thy countenance from the flaming wind hairs of thought in the forehead." Uh, what is going on here is like if you read the Blake poem, it talks about, even though it does it in weird ways, like talks about Jews uh, counting money <laughs> and Africans doing something strangely, you know, stereotypically racist. Uh, but what I think, and what Annotated Fall is pointing out here is that Blake is f- not a racist guy. Mm-hmm. Like, He's using these sort of stereotypes to point out that using culture, the culture of Judaism or the culture of the Africans that are coming to Britain or, you know, Jamaicans coming over in, you know, the 50s and stuff. You know, like yeah. the immigrants to Britain are what makes your head expand, <laughs> to quote uh, another fall song right. and to pointedly point out other shit going on in Britain today. But so basically that's what this whole thing is about. It's like non-Europeans went the wind of non-Europeans uh expands the minds of the Britons yeah. and Europeans. And also there's a thing here where um the protagonist of the poems that a song of liberty uh is from is from um the protagonist of yeah, sorry. I'll just read this directly from the site because I wrote do. it down. So basically it just says, the protagonist of the poem is an enemy of law and tradition and a prophet of imaginative renewal and individual freedom. Mm-hmm. So it's it's basically a representative of the devil. Uh, so this is what I was saying when Songs of Innocence and Songs of whatever it is that's not innocence. Experience. That I, thank you. Fuck. Um, songs of experience, even though it's about is about the devil, tends to be the one that Blake imbues with more revolution and more heart. Yeah, like his book, because like this say this 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 protagonist who is Satan. I think it's called Orc uh, is, is what, and then Latin translates to hell or yeah. something like that. Um, but Blake repre- is using this as a representation of revolution of thought. And of the mind, and you know, getting rid of the old ways, and that's why songs of experience is more in line with what Blake thought than necessarily songs of innocence. Right. So, so even though Blake was a Christian, he wasn't really a denominational Christian, and he was seeing angels everywhere and talking to his dead brother all the time, and you know, <laughs> things of that nature. Still not crazy, just saw things. So. <laughs> but anyway, so I think I think that that is not only what is going on with the poem but it's definitely what's going on with the song yeah 
And I had that. So the uh, the actual term is like widen the forehead. And I was like, oh, that's like the man whose head expanded. Yeah. And so I went and checked. It doesn't mention that in Annotated Fall for that song, but I was like, that's a, that's definitely the same idea. Yeah. Like, I think. And I wonder, there's a line in her trembling hands, she took the newborn terror howling. Right. I'm wondering if uh, he had that in mind, Mark, when he was uh, with New Face in Hell. Oh. Something I'd like to look up at some point. Um, yeah. And, you know, well, like I said... It's it's hard to say sometimes just because things aren't as connected. Yeah. Within this site, although it could be very well connected, because yeah. it seems like he was touching on the same, a lot of the same things throughout his career. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, my other including quest- William Blake. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My other question. Well, yeah, they did do Jerusalem after all. Mm-hmm. Um, my other question is about this idea that you're talking about about you know bringing in. You know, other cultures, you know, emigrating to England and sort of expanding people's horizons and minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not like a, a, a knock on Marky e. Smith, so maybe it could be, is that, you know, he never had any person of color in the fall, in the dozens of lineups of the fall. Yeah. There's always white folk, which is not a bad thing necessarily, but, you know, it's not, it's not like I think he was against them or like didn't like their music, you know. You know, he was a big reggae fan. I think he was actually a pretty big and soul, soul fan. Soul yeah. fan because the bass is always loud. So I don't think it was yeah. a question of. I don't know. You know, I mean, it, it's just weird. I mean, just because you know, there 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 were precedents in even Manchester of you know multicultural bands like a certain yeah. ratio. And uh, oh, I can't well, think of another one, but you know, well, you've got all this, like all the two tone stuff, yeah, this yeah, time and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but you've also got like the slits with uh, Nana Cherry was with them, yeah, for a while, and then she went on to do like Rip Rig and Panic, yeah, and Float of CP, you yeah, know? um, yeah, I don't know, and I don't know enough of. I know that he's not exactly from Manchester. Maybe the burb that he's from didn't have was mostly white people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This is also a weird time in British culture where even where people are segregated a lot more possibly than now. Although, if Britain's like America, it's still pretty (laughs) segregated, so I don't know. But, you know, I don't think you... wouldn't doubt that he would be open to it. Maybe it just didn't happen. Maybe the people that yeah. he knew as musicians were like already that's, engaged I, in other <clears throat> bands and stuff. I think that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Was like being as kind as possible. Like <laughs> saying, I, I mean, I, it always seems like if he says something racist or weird or yeah, it's usually to a reporter and to figure and to see what they'll say. Yeah. See how they'll react. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not going to get too much into that. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, that is a good question. I don't think, you know, I... But also, is it... I was just going to say, also, is it us looking back and saying, why didn't he do this? Right, you know? that's, that's what I'm saying, because yeah. I'm not trying to paint him as a racist or, you know, anything yeah, yeah. like that. You know, it's not like... I think, like you're saying, like, he liked to say provocative things to get a reaction from 
reporters and from anyone listening. Not like, you know, another Mancunian, Morrissey, who's just finally letting the dumb shit... Oh, I think we talked about this the last time, where he... It was just starting where he was just finally getting... He's finally letting it all out. Like, he was... It was happening in the 90s and 80s, too, but now he's just, like, totally out fucking... Yeah. But but with him, especially, I wonder if there's a little provocative thing, too, where it's like my star is kind of fading in popular culture. Like, do I say this outlandish shit that I've got right. buried in my head and, like, get some attention? I he mean, was I always go, kind of being outlandish, but usually in a yeah, different way. Not yeah. Like that. Just sort. mostly just, like, you know, all of his, you know, if we're talking Morrissey, all of his, you know, adherence to asexuality and, and uh, celib- celibacy and vegetarianism and stuff like that. Like yeah. that's, that's where he sort of... I'm making fun of Sylvia Plath because she wasn't a good poet. <laughs> you know, like shit like that. He was such a... Oh, I forgot about he's that. Yeah, such a snobby little... Yeah. A little twerp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yes, not trying to paint Mark as, as a racist by asking that question. It's just a curious thing to me because, you know, it was, there were a lot of, you know, people from Jamaica and Africa emigrating to yeah. the UK during that time and influencing a lot of the music that he was around and listening to. Um, so it's just curious that that never happened. Right. And it, and it could also just be, you know, using using Blake, like Blake using these people as symbols for letting the other in. Yeah. Rather than it being like an actual letting that person in. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. No, Which sounds horrible, but that's not what I meant. No, I get like, what you're saying. I get what you're saying. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that's such a, that's a, that's a, it's a good question. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I know you weren't calling him a racist or anything. I, it was, just, it's just such a hard thing to deal with sometimes, especially, yeah. you know, like, I mean, uh, when I think of poets, I think of T.S. Eliot, who was, or not necessarily Eliot, but uh, Pound, who was a fascist. Yeah. And, you know, was was actually, like, forgiven by um, Ginsburg at some point. So, like, Ginsburg's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. You know, love the art, not the artist sort of idea. And yeah. there's, there's <laughs> you could, you, you know. Marky e. Smith is that ideal, like <laughs> basically to yeah. to an extent. There's a yeah. lot worse artists. Yeah, that I can still listen to that. Yeah, I can't stand them as a human being. It's true. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to be listening to Burzum or anything. <laughs> I can't imagine he's listening to this. But um, you know, I'm not going to listen to that guy's shit. But uh, you know, yeah. like you know, there's always stories about certain. Certain fusiony jazz guys beating up women, you know, just like oh, yeah. shit like that. And oh yeah. So you know, it's it's hard to say. I think I think Mark did it a lot on his. Well, he he even got he even has been thrown in as part of abusing women at points. Well, yeah, there was all the stuff that happened one at the end things. of yeah. Brix's second rum at the band where yeah, and there's also the. Uh, the fight at brownies that's what i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah, about? Okay. yeah yeah so Just yeah the fight at brownies i don't know about like the the last woman he married about what her experience was like I, but i haven't i've decided not to look into it anymore because i don't want to know if i you know about half the people i like anymore yeah so, yeah it's the problem with having 
quote unquote heroes, I guess. Cause yeah. they're just like, uh, they're just going to disappoint. Especially you. if they're rock stars oh, or some God. shit. <laughs> There's no pure people out there in the world. Anywhere. I know. What is, why can't they all be monks? Why can't they all be Jimmy Carter? But even he band. was, he was, you know, he had lost in his heart, Jimmy Carter. <laughs> right. He was afraid of rabbits. <laughs> You remember that? I remember oh that as a I child. That. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh wow. Anyway, whenever I think of Jimmy Carter, I just listen to that. What's that Blue Mountain song? It's Blue Mountain. It's like it's his country esque. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Called the one and like it's called Jimmy Carter, the one and only Jimmy Carter. Yeah. It's a great song. Anyway, <laughs> not to get too far off Emmy Smith and all the all the shit we were talking about, but there you go, uh, artists. No art, yes. <laughs> Do we have anything there, else? No, that's I think, perfect. I think that's a good way to end. Yeah. Right, we're at 30 minutes. Yay! Growth didn't matter.